sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, good morning. The house is full. Dominique is in the house. Hey, D. Hi, good morning. Raya Carpenter. We have college coaching this week. How you doing, Raya? Doing great. Spring break. Loving it. That's it. Woohoo! Stephanie Forrester. We'll get to her later. What are you doing, Steph? Well, you know. Hanging oh, in there. Yeah. Trouble. Emily, your our, our songbird is back. Em, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic on this beautiful day, Erica. So happy to be here at Team Sport Radio. Thank you. And then Alex Ramirez, how are you? Good, Erica. How are you? <laughs> Pumping some weight today. That <laughs> <laughs> was so funny because I always you you put you post so early in the morning, so I'll go on my phone, I'll throw my feed, and there's Alex doing some crazy dumbbell thing on a yoga mat, you know, doing some aerial thing. And I'm like, oh, I do not want to get up. <laughs> <laughs> but I jump up because I'm like, oh, and I want you to know the yoga mat is by the bed. It's not laid out yet. And there's the dumbbell over there. It's just to look at for right now. But I look at you. Emily's dying right now. Okay. You're using it to prop the door No, I show her the picture and I say, Dominique, Grab the yoga mat and the dumbbell. <laughs> put it out there just so I could, you know, just to feel it. You know, I got to go slow. Okay. You're one uh, step closer to working out. There you go. That's it. Well, a little, a little, if you're in the Santa Barbara area, I'm not supposed to be like sharing this info, but of course I'm going to do the opposite of what I'm told because that's who I am. Um, uh, I have a- Monty, Vista Del Monte has opened up their membership. So they've been closed for like four years with renovation. So for 25 bucks a month, you get to swim in a heated 90 degree pool. It's that's for people, uh, over 50. No, it's just anybody. It's just oh, a member. General public. Have, yeah, it's a public gym. Now they've opened it up. Um, there's limited. It's, it's afternoons, but they have a gym there and then they have that pool. It's so good. So really fast. Right. I don't know what happened. And I'm not dyslexic, but I was so excited to get there and I meet. Um, a guy there, I don't want to say his name because I'll crush it, but Heidi's the one who runs the thing. So I go in, I'm not paying attention. There's really nobody there. And I go into the bathroom and I look at it and I'm like, God, what is going on in here? It's kind of like gender neutral. It's not very feminine. You know, sort of ripping off my clothes, putting on my bathing suit, whatever like this. And all of a sudden a guy walks in and I go, oh, and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. It is an older guy. He's probably like in this late 80s, you know. So he kind of walks out, right? And then he goes in the next one. So I leave, but I'm swimming. And then all of a sudden I get out and hear these screams. <laughs> so I wasn't paying attention, okay? Because I just walked in. It's been like four years. And I don't know what it is about me. I just break right, okay? And I didn't look at the sign or whatever. And it was so funny. You would think I would have caught it, you know, on uh, maybe if you saw the urinals and stuff. But I don't know, because you know how things are changing. I don't know if we're doing co-ed. I don't know what's going on anymore. I've been out of sync since COVID. Okay, so not kidding you. And then all of a sudden he gets booted out. He's so embarrassed. And then he's looking for the person. I go underwater. <laughs> I am hiding. And then I got the snorkel mask. I could stay under there for an hour. No one's going to find me. Okay, so getting air. Why is everybody dying? This can't, I can't make this up. Okay, so that was day one of going to Vista Del Monte. 
So honestly, guys, for 25, Emily, are you okay? <laughs> for $25, I would yeah, I my check. abs are working. I'm laughing. No, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is this is really what happened to me. But anyway, just to go through a few things, we are not gonna have a recap this week, but because I'm giving all the kids a mental health break because of Easter break. And I just thought they needed it and they're doing such a great job. And a little bit of uh pants together for Dr. Richard. Uh, Dr. Dugan, Richard Dugan, because he is going to take on a internship uh, and he was so wonderful. And so we are so grateful to him. And Sean Walters from Bishop Diego High School is going to start an internship broadcasting with Dr. D. So, yay. Thank you, Dr. D. You're welcome. I have the whip and chair ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be, well, we got to thank Raya Carpenter for that. Okay. Raya brought over Sean. Raya, thank you so much. You're welcome. He's a great really, Yeah. Have. Really, really good. So, anyway, we got a couple of minutes because we're not going to have recaps. So, I was thinking about uh, the Gen Zers, and I'm a baby boomer. So, Dominique, do you want to give out some comparisons real quick? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, when you said you're giving the kids a mental health break, I think that um, is really important to talk about with our teens that when they feel, you know, super stressed, there are points where you just need to take a day off and you need to talk to your parents and you talk to your teachers and just take a day and recap. So mental health breaks are really, really important to stay balanced. And then uh, we were taking a look at, I was trying to figure out Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen X, <laughs> what what is all that so that real quick they call the silent generation are the people that were born between 1926 and 1945 during the two world wars so they're considered the silent generation then the baby booners everybody had babies after the world wars right so 1945 to 1966 and then the gen x is 1966 to 1980 so most of us as parents are either Baby boomers are Gen X, and then the millennials are considered Gen Y. They're 1980, 1985. So my kids are millennials, and I think your kids are millennials. And then our teens now are considered Generation Z. Nice. They're, well, look at the difference, though, between them all. I mean, that's the thing I think we got to do. We've got to just remember it's how we were raised is not current. And to shove our when, uh, you know, being more egotistical about the whole raising and because that's really all you knew. Right. You didn't know anything else because of, of, you know, you're gathering your information from your home, from your experience. So um, I don't know, Alex, you've got a lot of kids right now and you've been around for over 20 years. What's the biggest difference? I, it's it's a technology. I mean, I don't even realize. I don't even go off Gen Z millennials. It's like you either had a pager, a flip phone, <laughs> or you didn't. And and now you have like you're growing up with these iPhones and iPads, and these three year olds can work a phone just as well as I can, and it's crazy. And so I mean, these they kids are so smart di- now. Digital natives. They're, yeah. they're calling these kids digital natives. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, uh, yeah, they're 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 ahead of their time for sure. These kids are real smart. Um, and, and you're right. They do need breaks. You know, they're little adults. They're tiny little people just like us. They experience everything just like we do, probably more intensely because they don't have the mental tools 
to kind of navigate emotionally through whatever traumatizing experience they're going through. So I do think it's great that that kids deserve and should take days off. I'm taking tomorrow off. Of course, you know, I have, I have, I'm getting a delivery to my house, like a washer and dryer. I got to take the whole day off, but I'm, I'm trying to use it as a mental health day. Nice. I, I, I Raya, what do you see? I see, of course, we all know less people, um, playing outside and, and being creative with, um, you know, inventing games, right. And things like that on their own to entertain themselves because they're so entertained, um, in the 30 second or less videos that they're scrolling through and, and images, um, that are coming at them nonstop. So I think that, you know, it's great that we, um, you know, are on teen sports radio and we're all about staying active and, and, uh, involved. And, um, so I guess what I it, want to see kids do more of is really leaning into the things that they, um, get joy out of that is, is not associated with technology. Um, it's fine to be, to get joy out of the gifts that technology gives us, but I'd love to see a little bit more of, in addition to that, what brings you joy. And so when it is time to take a mental health break, it's an easy default to go to that thing, whether it's hiking or basking in the sun or reading, that kind of thing. You I love it. it if I do. That's brilliant. You could really, we could use grandparents reconnecting with their grandkids, parents connecting to the kids where there is no phones. Dominique always said when grandkids come into the house, all the phones and uh, technology is going to go in a, what do you call it, Dominique, a Faraday a bag? Faraday bag. bag. And there's not nothing. Holiday. It's exactly right. If, if their parents want to talk to them, they could put in a pay phone. That's it. You know, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to be a part of it. And you do, we got a couple of minutes before we go to break and, and Raya's going to be up first. Uh, with some college coaching, but you deal in the whole music thing. You try to connect the family, even though you sneak in with one child, but then the parents are listening and learning, and then it becomes this big family affair. Talk about it. <laughs> well, I want to just bounce off of what you were saying about taking mental health breaks, because I see that music too. Like when we take uh, spring break now, right? So people are traveling. I just got back from a trip to Mexico, which is super cool because um, I, I got up every morning at sunrise and watched the sun rise over the ocean and and watched it set. Well, watch it rise and watch it set. And, and it was so amazing. I think that when we get in touch with our natural cycles of life there's a simplicity that happens and kids need that too right to be outside to feel the sunshine and and to play like we were saying and so i think we get caught up in the complexity of of life thinking that it's about doing and doing and doing and if we sit still and we we connect with the sun and we connect with the elements of nature we realize that we're so connected and the kids are so brilliant at that you know they're just so creative and and so playful so what i see with them now is 
we're just having fun. Like they're off of their schedule. So we're creating, I, I did a, a ukulele lesson yesterday and this girl was just like, oh, we could put these notes together and we could do this and we could do this. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really fun. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Just the joy. Like we were talking yes. about the joy of, of being alive, you know? Sweet magic. That's what the show is about. We've got Stephanie and Emily going to be doing a segment after Ryan Carpenter, but first we're going to get to some messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome to Teen Sports Radio. I'm Maya Carpenter. And as promised from the last time we were together, I am going to talk to you about how to market yourself to coaches if you want to play a sport in college. Um, So a few key things that you can do to increase your chances of getting noticed. Number one, you want to make sure that you have an athletic profile put together. So, um, you know, your stats, obviously, for your sport, any highlights in terms of achievements on the team or personal awards related to that athletically um, and anything else uh, regarding your athletic prowess. So anything that uh, you can do to highlight your athletic abilities in that athletic profile is what you're going to want to include. And then after you have that together... Um, go ahead and start researching colleges that you want to reach out to and begin filling out what's called the prospective athlete survey for your particular sport. So you can just find that on the website of any college um, athletics page. And then um, in addition to reaching out just initially by filling out that prospective athlete survey, you'll get on the the basic radar for the colleges, Uh, maybe plan on attending a camp or a showcase. And so this would be an opportunity to highlight your skills, showcase your skills and meet with coaches face to face. Um, Obviously research in advance to make sure that it's a reputable camp and that it would be well attended by coaches. And then kind of an insider tip on that is email the coaches that you really want to connect with in advance of the camp so that you're on their radar and they know to be looking out for you uh, when you are in, you know, at that program. So what you're going to want to do is then really start to build out a list of colleges, like I said, that you're interested in. Maybe create like a little spreadsheet with, you know, the coach's name, Uh, an email address, and then go ahead and reach out to them and record, okay, on such and such date, I I sent out my email with my athletic profile, a copy of my transcript, any other relevant details, um, and, you know, an introduction about your interests in, in their specific program. Um, And, um, and then, you know, wait for a response, usually maybe a couple weeks, give them to get back to you. And if you don't hear back, reach out again. If you don't hear back, give them a call. 
you've tried three times to connect with a coach and you're not hearing back, maybe it's time to move on. And then this is um, kind of related to the concept of casting a wide net. So, uh, you know, you may reach out to dozens of coaches and not hear back from any of them. So uh, to increase your, your chances of having an opportunity to play, cast a very wide net, reach out to a lot of coaches, um, and then, you know, hopefully something good will come from that. Of course, you'll want to make sure to also keep up your grades, take challenging courses, because typically coaches um, aren't just looking for talent, but they're also looking for students who are going to meet their uh, minimum criteria for admission to the college. And, and often even students who exceed that criteria to, you know, make it easier for them to, to recruit more and more students for their program. And then the last thing that I want to highlight for you is just to make sure, of course, that you're meeting the academic criteria, any kind of testing criteria for NCAA or NAIA. Um, they have different requirements for the different divisions and programs there. And so you can find out that information on the website for NCAA or NAIA. And um, it can be a little overwhelming and confusing. So if you are unclear, if you're on track to meet those minimum requirements, just request a meeting with your school counselor or your athletic director at your school, and um, they'll help to confirm, yeah, you're good. This is what you need to take in senior year to make sure that you're meeting the minimum criteria. And that is it to position yourself to create opportunities to play at the college level. Fantastic. The one thing that people has, have to remember, especially in their senior year, nothing is certain. So douse the social media, don't drop classes, uh, thinking that, you know, you're going to get in uh, on, the, on the athletic level because injuries could occur. So you always want to be on the top of your game in every single aspect of it. Um, and I think social media is a big thing to stay away from. Because coaches will go down, go, they'll look. So I, I made sure my kids didn't, it didn't really affect JoJo that much. But John, I said, no social media. Why set yourself up? And you don't want to be part of anybody's social media page either. Dominique. I was just asking, uh, Raya, how, uh, how do students connect if they're not, if you're encouraging them not to be on social media, how are you encouraging them to connect digitally? Well, so there are portals that you can register with. So like, for example, in football, you know, you can you can put your stats on huddle. Right. And so then that's just one example. Um, so the different sports, you can be on a platform um, so that as coaches are are looking to connect with students, you know, they, they know to find you there. The other way, of course, is to register with NAIA register with NCAA, uh, your school counselor will upload uh, your transcript. And uh, if, if you like officially register and, um, and so coaches can also look for you that way too. And then of course, filling out that prospective athlete survey for the particular colleges is how you get on their radar. Going to the camps is how you get on their radar. And then emailing them is how you get on their radar. So, so there are actually plenty of safe ways to connect digitally um, with the colleges. Nice. Love it. I have a quick question. So Raya, when you say create a, an athletic profile, 
I mean, would you recommend using social media to showcase their skill set for whatever sport they're trying to go out for? Yeah, I, I actually have coaches that are recommending that. So um, I, I do have players that are using Twitter is a pretty common one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if you have, you know, mentoring from your your school coach or your club coach on that front, that can be quite helpful. Um, it's also a nice way for them to follow teams. So, you know, sending out a generic email to coaches, I, I'm interested in your program, may not get you noticed as much as being able to reference things about the program that are appealing, things about the team that are appealing, um, noticing that you have, you know, it, in your position, somebody's going to be graduating, you know, those kinds of things. So um, being able to add in that personal touch um, because you follow them on social media, right, can, can also be very helpful. Nice. All right. What's your contact information? You can find me at balancedcollegeplan.com, balancedcollegeplan.com. From a person who's used college coaches, the best, best bang for the buck ever, parents, please think about it, consider it. She's amazing. Raya, thank you so much. Let's go to break. Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Oh, 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 oh. I've never seen anybody do that thing to do Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Emily the Songbird, and I'm so grateful to be here on Teen Sport Radio today, especially because I have been um, introduced to a program called The Letter Project, and it's a wonderful project. We had um, the one of the founders on a few shows ago, and you can write letters You can um, write letters to women and girls who are um, having some challenges in life. And so you can sign up to be a letter writer and you can also sign up to be a recipient of the letter. So I got really excited about this project because I love to write and I love to connect at the intimate level that writing brings. And so I told Erica about this and she got super jazzed about it. And uh, she ended up writing some letters and and. Uh, to Stephanie, who is here, Stephanie Forrester. So I would just love to interview both of you. Erica, you were sending me texts about this process of writing these letters. And it was just so heartfelt. And so there was so much coming up for you with that. So do you want to just explain a little bit what was going on with you during that process? Well, we all know Stephanie's been with us for a little, uh, not, not quite a year. And we know her story and and, um, what she's been going through this last year. And I'll let her share that. 
But when I heard uh, and we interviewed the CEO of the Letter Project, I I thought of one person, and that was Stephanie. And I just thought she could um, get some help. And it was look, we got over nine thousand writers that have signed up, and it's a global. And we needed. I, I just felt um, so. I, I was just driven to do it. So I, I did a little bio of her. I sent it in. It took about two, three weeks, and then the letters started coming in. I never said a boo, okay, to Stephanie, which is really hard for me because everybody knows how, how, you know, I have self-esteem issues. I like to hear myself talk. Okay, so I didn't say anything, but what was so cathartic for me is when I read these letters, you could ask Dominique, I am just crying. I mean, it was just so, whatever I had in the bucket was just coming out because these letters were so heartfelt because you actually vet all the letters before you send them off. So I got to read everything. And Dominique was with me. She read them too, Dominique. Oh, I was just going to say the whole process is really well guided on the website. You're guided to either, you can do both. You can sign up to be a letter writer or you can sign up to receive the letters on behalf of someone who you're going to then package them together and send it to them. So Erica did the, I'm going to receive them. And she received them on behalf of Stephanie. And then over three weeks time, she received so many beautiful letters for Stephanie that she just quickly reviewed, put in a beautiful envelope and then packaged them and sent them off to Stephanie. Okay. Now it goes to Stephanie. (laughs) How was that? What was that experience like opening those letters? Well, it, it actually couldn't have come at a better time. I had missed my flight going into, um, I was stuck in Chicago going into Los Angeles to get my Emmy on um, winning a very important topic to me. And in the morning time, that was Friday in the morning, I woke up and I was just feeling very, um, just hopeless, hopeless at that time. And I went out to the mailbox and I, I can't even begin to tell you the stacks and the cards, the letters. I mean, the time that they really took to talk about how they felt and and encouraging. And it it was mind blowing. It was, I can't, it was, uh, it was to have strangers, right? And and they're so, everybody kind of had their own way of of saying, you know, you know, inspirational things and everything was just so, perfect the letters came in all shapes sizes colors it was it was it was amazing and i still can't believe the timing and i can't believe i i was just crying and last night i got a chance to write them back which i think is that's part of the thing and i only got to maybe even half of them and it took three and a half hours Mm. but it was really good purging for me it was therapeutic mm. and it, you know right at a time that i thought people just kind of forgot about things that matter to people it it hit home and it reminded me that there is beautiful people and there are people out there that care there's a woman that, a girl that wrote me a letter from canada tech i mean every it was i i, I just i recommend that for everybody i recommend reaching out and doing something like that for people because they give up hope and they don't realize that the universe and there are people there that that do care they take the time 
to write, and it's very, very powerful message. You're not alone. Wow. That's the that's the big hello. You're not alone. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was, and I use that term "you're not alone" a lot now, because that really opened my eyes to the geographical. I mean. You don't see that a lot. When you have a subject or an issue or a death, especially when it's your only child at the age of 22, you know, you just work so hard to maintain how you feel and you get some feedback. But when you get something like that, it was beautiful. <laughs> a big worldwide hug. Wow. It's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Thank you and so I had much, to Emily. I thank you so much. And I ha almost had to beat Erica because she kept saying, did you get the mail yet? I was like, what is it? What is it? And she wouldn't tell me. I'm like, Dominique, get it out of her now. <laughs> but talk about the timing. That was, it was an amazing, weird timing. Right at the day that I felt the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So the beautiful thing is you can participate. Um, you can put your return address on or you can just put the letter writer project as a return address. So you can do this project anonymously or you can you can put your name and reach out. So there are so many different ways to participate. But this is a beautiful gift to give to the planet. Just take a little time once a week, once a month where either you are writing on behalf of someone that you're going to receive letters for, or you write on behalf of someone and you send a handwritten something. Like some of them were postcards. Some of them were just beautiful art. Um, everything was different. <sighs> yeah, and it sparks that, it, it sparks that creativity because they're supposed to be handwritten, right? So you ignite that creativity and then you connect at that level, right? You're like... Your, your own creativity connects with you at a heart level. Oh, so beautiful. And most of them did put their return address. Can I, can you, do you want to see the letters? I mean, how many there were? Oh, wow. <laughs> can you see that clearly? Oh, I can't see that. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> There's more. I, did, I, did, I was going to just wait, but I might as well tell you. I was going to wait till tomorrow, but oh, you wait. have more. Yep. <laughs> more has come. Yeah, like all the different colors. So beautiful. Yeah, I like what Raya was saying about creativity, that we need to get off of the digital. And this is getting off the digital. It's doing something hand by hand connecting. Well, Dominique is going to make her own paper and she's going to go old school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a vision. I am going to make a vision board with these. I'm going to make it into something beautiful. Uh, so anyway, I, we got a couple of minutes and I don't know if this is a smart thing to segue into, but since I feel we had a conversation this morning, um, I do want you to tell what's going on because, you know, you did lose the son. We want to call it what it was. It, he was murdered. Okay. I'm not even going to say overdose. Anything that somebody didn't set us, somebody didn't set himself up to, to commit to suicide, then they were murdered. Um, and I know you've got things um, that we can uh, talk about here, and I want to talk about it. So let's take a break, and we're going to give you a little section right after these messages.
this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. I'm Stephanie Forrester, the community activist, and I just wanted to um, engage in a couple of things that are very important to me. My son uh, was I murdered um, a little over a year ago by a drug called fentanyl. I joined Project Opiate two weeks after the incident and uh, Project Opie was a part of collaborating all the different entities all the way from um, Santa Maria to Ventura um, the sheriff you know mental health everybody that was a prominent um, factor in trying to create a, a stop to this cause so um, I, I okay so I've been following the stats in this in this town and yesterday or the day before it came out that we had an, an astronomical amount of deaths in 2022. So from 2021. So in the last two years, the overall deaths of this horrible war have risen 300%. Um, I, that it, it came out the day after I'd won my Grammy for doing my whole talk on medical and scientific um, scientific story about this drug so i just the so i've offered to write out um, and i've done a lot of research here to write out a very comfortable comfortable uh, non-aggressive platform to produce and put to project opiate and um I just, it's hard for me to comprehend. It's hard for me to comprehend. We have, we don't have that in our school system where every single state is implementing it in such a strong, such a strong thing. And to get off and to talk about the social media app in several states, kids are not allowed to put these apps on a phone until they're 18, which is unbelievable. They're not allowed to do it. There's, um, everybody's, you know, reacting at their same pace, but yeah, I think that the phone thing and all that, it's up to it's up to our school to educate us. It's up to the parents. These kids are kids. You know, they're gonna go into social media and tell somebody to stop. This is not we're not, you know, and that's how my son passed was on social media. He found it out. So and no, I'm 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 not going to just be part of something. I'm gonna come up with try to come up with solutions now. We so appreciate you and support you, Stephanie. Thank you. Well, I think the key is partnering and I think is getting everybody on the same page because there, there might be programs out there already that just haven't gotten the spark to get implemented. So we don't that, want to reinvent something that's already, right. We don't want to re try to reinvent something that's already there. And I think it's just a it, pulling, pulling in everybody. It is and there. It, it's it's not here. Yeah. Technology, yeah. I mean, every school starting in some states, they have the um, the drug issues and the and the and the apps on their phone. It starts in seventh grade, and there it's mandatory that they take an hour course a day on it. And I still hear people arguing about the sex education. Get that out of there. I mean, it's important, but we're gonna have nobody. We're not gonna have students to talk about anything if we don't if we don't fix this. Right. Great. If somebody wants to reach out to you, Stephanie, how's the best, what's the best place to go to, to get a hold of you? Um, through email. I just sent uh, Bill Brown or our sheriff 
John Doyle, our mental health person, I sent an abundance of people that I've worked with on Project Opiate saying, look, we're, we're, we're still passing out Narcan. Narcan. So, so what's your email address? It is Stephanie, S-T-P-H-A-N-I-E, Forrester, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-E-R, all one word, lowercase, 59 at gmail.com. All right, Stephanie. All are, all are, we are all here to provide and support solutions. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that we have you aboard. Let's take another break. This is Erica, the Queen of Teen. Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara <laughs> Wellness Center. And I'm going to shift our show into our comfortable conviviality of talking about huga. Huga is that beautiful word that expresses how we like to create times where we can relax, enjoy friends and family create wonderful, warm, cozy environments for ourselves to make it easier to learn, connect with our friends on teams, and have fun with sports. So all that flows into just a really beautiful quality of life, Huga. So part of my enjoyment of Huga is to tell stories. And I uh, particularly love an author that um, hopefully kids are getting um, introduced to in school, Leo Tolstoy. So Tolstoy was, uh, is a Russian author, and he wrote a number of beautiful stories, short stories, as well as some incredible novels. Uh, but his, some of the stories take the form of a parable. And so a parable is a story that's, it's not true, but it's an allegory that's trying to teach some particular truth or um, sometimes a moral lesson. So there's a very famous story that he wrote that is about a king who asked three critical questions. And um, these critical questions are relevant today. What's the best time to begin everything? Who are the best people to listen to? And what's the most important thing to do? I mean, these are incredibly relevant questions. Well, in Tolstoy's story, he had the king asking these questions. And of course, he asked his court and lots of people have different ideas. You know, the astrologer says, oh, well, you need to consult me. And the religious person says, you need to consult me. And the general says, you need to consult me. But nobody really satisfactorily answered the king's question. So he decided, because the, the people uh, that he was in charge of in the town and the village, they, had, they respected a wise hermit who lived up in the mountains. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to go visit this wise man and see what he has to say. And so he, he dressed himself in peasant clothes. He figured, you know, the hermit may not talk to me if he knows I'm the king. And so he went with his soldiers. And then when he was a little ways off, he told them, you guys wait here. I'm just going to go on alone. So he walked up to the hermit and the hermit was busy in his garden digging. 
And he he just said, hello. He said, I've, you know, I've got some questions. I heard you're really wise and I'd, I'd love if you could answer my questions. And so, you know, he asked, what's the best time to begin everything? Who are the best people to listen to? And what's the most important thing to do? And the hermit didn't say anything. He just kept on digging. So the king decided, well, you know, he looks like he needs some help. So he grabbed a shovel and he started helping him dig. And it was kind of pleasant to do something different than ruling the kingdom all day, right? So it was kind of rather relaxing. But after a while, the king decided, well, if I'm not going to get an answer, I, I need to take off and, and go do some other things. And all of a sudden, a man, another person, uh, emerged from the woods. And when this person came out of the woods, he was bleeding from a terrible wound on his stomach. And so the king, like, captured in his arms, helped him into the hermit's hut, and he and the hermit started tending to the man's wounds. And um, the man started recovering and he confessed that he knew that this was the king. And he said, you know what? I came because I heard you were visiting, uh, going to visit the hermit. I came to kill you because you killed my brother and stole part of his kingdom. And so I was going to, you know, take revenge on you. And here you are giving me kindness and caring for me and, and caring for my wound. Your soldiers wounded me when they realized that I was an assassin. And, um, and, and I apologize and, I, and I'm asking you for forgiveness. And the king was so astonished to hear the story from this man that he, he forgave him. And he said, you know, let's relook at what happened in this whole situation. And I, I, I probably need to give you some lands back because it's probably, there's some injustice in everything that went on. And so they became friends. And um, he helped the wounded man be able to get on his way. Before the king left the hermit, he said to the hermit one more time, can you please help me with these important questions? What's the best time to begin everything? What's the best people that we want to listen to? And what's the most important thing to do? And the hermit looked at him and he said, it, it should be obvious to you now. You just experienced it. The most important time to do something, to do anything is now. Now is the only time we have. The most important person is whoever you're with, who's right in front of you, including yourself. That's the most important. That's the most important people. Who are you with? And the most important thing to do is to help the person you're with as well as helping yourself. And those, those three questions are so valuable. And um, uh, Richard and Christine, you probably have heard this story before and have some ideas about this as well. Um, well, for me, what really comes to mind and sticks out is, is just the, the idea of different perspectives um, and just how you have all of these different people looking at things. I mean, the way that different people are going to answer those questions so, so differently. Um, and, and I love that there's it's almost like there is a right answer at the end of it, um, which are which are those three answers that the hermit gave. Um, but at the same time, everybody's answer is going to fit those things, but in totally different ways based on how they're experiencing everything that's going on around them. And to me, it's just kind of like a, a reminder that everybody has different perspectives and to kind of, you know, keep in our lanes and, and honor other people's perspectives and also honor our own and to appreciate that it's going to be different sometimes. Christine. Yeah, what comes to me is this. Um, it's funny, but I have to. Um, when I was a Waldorf teacher in our training, we talked about um, always having at least 13 perspectives to every situation. And they would, the metaphor they would use would be the, the Last Supper. 
right? That there were 13 people at that table. And that, and that, and that, that at least 13 perspectives would offer a clear view of the, of the um, occurrence, right? That we need all those different perspectives. And I think that's really a powerful way to, um, mm. to, to look at things, to, to help ourselves see that there are more perspectives and that all of them are important. Yeah. Hey, we got it. We've got one minute. Emily, pull a card. Let's have a card for the week. Hey. Gotta go. Gotta go fast. <laughs> this is Christine Marie with the view from the deck. Let's see what. Uh, let's see which card Emily pulls. Oh, what is it? What now? What does the card say? Commander says, of Commander Ashtar. Call to action. Oh, take charge. Lead by example. Walk your talk. Wow, well, it's not a tarot card. It's an inspirational, like an angelical card, right? That's amazing. And that's perfect because, I mean, don't, don't we have an amazing example of that with Stephanie Forrester doing this powerful work of taking action and making change with this the fentanyl epidemic? Bless you, Stephanie. Hey, thank you. <laughs> let's, let's, everybody, have a purpose this week. Take charge. Keep a smile on your face. God bless you, Santa Barbara. See you next week. I'm unstoppable. I'm a pusher with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I win every single game. Mine's a